1: ny or text hope ny in new york
0: welcome into to 11 personnel presented by monticello bank it is hot outside it is hot inside it's hot everywhere we're fired up here. Uh, final week, week zero, luck it. And, and I, I'm, I'm using all the fire puns because I'm in a KS office right now. And um, I went downstairs to check the thermostat and I think we found the right one, but the manager that, that she, she's been here two days. So it said 88 degrees. We assumed that was the one that turned it down. So we're, we're gonna see if it works, but might just be
2: sweating through this episode. Nick, I think those bricks are sweating behind you. <laughs> That's not a good sign.
0: No, no, uh, it's, it's not. A, a hope-
2: little it, inside baseball. Uh, something's wrong with the AC at the office. So yeah, uh, it's hotter than you know what at the worst time because it's hotter than you know what outside. So we've been dealing with that uh, here this week, for, uh, KSR Enterprises. Uh, not that anybody mm-hmm. probably really cares all that much. But uh, Nick's Nick's fighting the good fight. So I hope you got a gallon, uh, one of those Jim Gallon jugs of water there with you so you can get through this episode.
0: I I actually just have my uh, tumbler from Monticello Bank keeping my drink nice and cold. Uh, Monticello Bank, it's where people matter. It's where you matter. Uh, That's why they've been in business for 128 years because they put people first at Monticello Bank. They'll go wherever you go. With the NBC mobile app uh, or by visiting NBCBank.com. And they've also got 21 branches in 14 different markets. It's convenient, it's wherever you need to be. They've also got nice location there in Linden, North Hurstbourne Lane. We've been there. The air conditioning works there just fine. Uh, for all your nice banking cool needs, in there. Visit them at NBCBank.com, Monticello Bank, where people matter. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, a proud sponsor of 11 Personnel, where today, look it, we're unleashing some bold takes during week zero before we get into our official game prep next week. So, look it, I'll let you take over the tee box. Uh, you line it
2: up and, and swing away. Why don't you fire off your first one for us? Yeah, it's bold prediction season. Uh, week 0 is here. We'll get real football on the tube on Saturday. And we're just going to fire off some Skip Bayless-level takes uh, for the good people here on the KSR YouTube channel. My first one uh, goes right to QB1, the man everybody's waiting to see, Devin Leary. Nick, it Kentucky has not seen a quarterback throw for over 3,000 yards since 2010. They have not seen a quarterback throw for over 3,000 yards and throw for over 30 touchdown passes since 2000 in seven. That was my first year in college, Nick Grouse, I'm about uh, to have my second kid. So uh, not that that, not that that matters. A lot of people have kids in college, but <laughs> mid, I'm in my mid thirties and I was in my teens last time it happened. So it's been a long time. I, I didn't think have, have my driver's
0: license. when that happened
2: last, there you so, go. Yeah, there you go. So it's been a long time. Long story short, no pun intended there. Uh, I just think there's a couple of things going this way. Like, obviously, I think the offense is just going to be more a little bit more pass-heavy um, by necessity due to personnel on the roster. No longer have that bell cow running back. No longer have that big road-grading offensive line. Um, the strengths are different. I think Leary's a, a, obviously a strength of the offense. I think he's going to chuck the ball around the yard. Then I think when they get in the red zone, Nick, they're going to have to throw it more. Like, I don't think they're just going to have easy scores just handing it to Chris Rodriguez and having him. Barrel over people. I think they're gonna to have to throw it down there, not only in the hazard red zone, but really in the low red zone too when they get inside the ten. So I think all those will come together, and I think Leary will be the first quarterback since Andre Woodson to hit hit those two checkpoints.
0: The thing is, like it, it's a bold take, but I'm almost at the point after this fall camp that it's the expectation, um, the way he's playing, yeah. the the level that he is as a processing quarterback that can find all eligibles, the skill talent he has around him. Um, And even just, you know, if they hit on some of those explosive plays, like, everything's there. And we even think he's got an offensive line they haven't decided anything at right tackle, but everything there is on the table for Leary to hit these checkpoints that haven't been around uh, in the Stoops era. Some of it is personnel-based, but some of it's also scheme-based. I think now, not only do you have a quarterback in place that can accomplish this, but you also got a competent coordinator that can put together a game plan that makes this happen.
2: Yeah, and I think you look at the start to the schedule, I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but they've really got a chance to build some momentum and specifically for Leary, Nick, he's facing three defenses that they should really pick apart throwing the football. Uh, You go, you kind of dig into Vanderbilt, I think we'll talk about them here later when we get to our week zero picks. They lost a stud at
0: cornerback too.
2: Like. If you dig into their, kind of, the camp buzz coming out of there, they feel really good about the offense, but, the set, like, the defense is a worry mainly because of the secondary. Like, there's a lot of worry about Vanderbilt in the back end and in coverage. So, Kentucky could go down. I mean, there's a path where Leary, you could look up week five, and numbers-wise, he's up there with everybody, in the, like, up there with Caleb Williams and some other people just – From a raw numbers standpoint and that could create some real momentum for the program nationally and within that football building um it would allow that team to play with a lot of confidence when the schedule gets tougher so i just think there's a path for him to really maybe reach some college football stardom here and we've seen a lot of buzz i think really starting with sec media days nick i mean it's really ramped up and into fall camp and he's one of the more popular i think players in the college football space, where you know we talk about the twenty or thirty most talked-about guys heading in the year, I would say Devin Leary is among that group. So there's just a chance here where he can really have a big season. It's kind of teed up for him now. We just got to see him go do it.
0: No, you're you're exactly right. Um, go have at it, Mr. Leary. And after you watch us, you can watch him. He's hanging out with Andy Staples at Andy Staples on three. That shows airing at eight p.m. Monday through. Thursday, and then it's on podcast the next day. Um, really enjoy those interviews, like it, uh, especially when he had on uh, Biff poji from Charlotte, yeah, that's man which right like,
2: there. yeah, dude, Biff cut off
0: tea. uh Biff, uh, he's got big Biff energy, but he's also like, he's like, uh, Biff is one of those who comes across as a Biff on the facade, but inside, like, dude, his head hedge fund manager. You know, he's a real smart guy, yeah. so. I'm gonna be fascinated to to follow along with Charlotte, but a lot of good stuff at Andy Staples on Three. Um, if you haven't checked it out yet, and there's a lot of good yeah, stuff just, that, yeah,
2: I was gonna say yeah. subscribe to the On Three YouTube channel because they they'll have cut ups of Andy's podcast, so you'll get mm-hmm. you can even see just the interview, and you get to see all the content. It'll it'll hit your feed right there at the front if you're if you're subscribed to the On Three channel. I mean, they're pumping out like eight to ten videos yeah. a day, so they got all kinds lot. of stuff on there. They got three, I think, shows go live during the week. So, yeah, and I think J.D. Pick, pick our main pick, goes live two or three times a week, I think. So, yeah, I'll definitely do that. Hit Go over that on their YouTube channel and smash that subscribe button. You won't be disappointed. Um,
0: you might be disappointed if you want Jimbo Fisher to fail because that's not happening this year. Well, I get, I'm riding the Aggies train. All the way to the SEC championship game. And the problem with our bold takes is we just have bold takes all the time. So like it's hard to come up with new original ones. But here's the thing, Georgia's not gonna three p right? They're just not. It it doesn't happen. Now, it might yeah. happen in the SEC championship game where they can they can pull off another win over, you know, they can beat up on A and M, but I'm just I'm all in on this young talented core that uh, got on campus a year ago, was a little too raw, but is going to be really disruptive, particularly in the trenches on the defensive line. Uh, and I just – I'm all in a Petrino, man. I, I'll drink that Kool-Aid a little bit. Because uh, mostly I just want to see him get another job, go elsewhere. But um, of the big picture takes, I'm just just—I'm buying the Texas A&M stonks this year. Um, so, uh, I don't know where to catch those in at, but I'll, I'll happily buy those stonks.
2: Ikro Halal, Nick, in the chat says, Roush is sweating Vaseline. Dude, Jimbo it's... could be sweating Vaseline if they take a couple L's early. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. What the Year one Petrino, it, it'll work. Like, that's kind of my opinion. Like It's going to work. They're probably going to be pretty damn good. They've got a roster they can compete with any, who's who if they figure it out on offense. I think year one it's going to work, and their schedule, I think, really sets up nicely for them. They can build some momentum early. Um, got us, we're going to see how good Connor Wegman is. If he plays to his five-star ranking, then they could really be cooking mm-hmm. with gas.
0: Devon, uh, a Chain and Ruben Owens like that could be. Well, A Chain's
2: out. A Chain's out. Who's the Who's the he's, guy?
0: No, Ania Smith. Ania Smith. Yeah, yeah
2: Ania Smith. Yeah.
0: He,
2: yeah, but they he's got a Evan bit Stewart. Of a guy. Evan Stewart. Flash as a true freshman last year, receiver, big body, X was a five-star prospect. Everybody wanted him. He's primed for a breakout season. Uh, Moose Muhammad's son is on the team. Yeah, He's primed for a breakout yeah. receiving at receiver. On uh, goes the list. And I think the important part about A&M is they they got the defensive line talent. Like you go through that roster, they might have the deepest, best defensive line in the SEC. And that that's built to last all throughout the season. That, that should give you a high floor as a team. And so if you got that kind of level of defense – and then you figure it out on offense. I think there's a lot to like about the Aggies, and I mean, if it happens, so the the Jimbo takes or should oh, be interesting both I, I both just, by the media and by him in the media, just talking I, about I, how I, good he is. Exactly. I want
0: I want swaggy Jimbo. We haven't had Jimbo really in his element since he piped back at Saban, but that recruiting class that he paid for that. I mean, or not he paid for, personally, but that got paid for? Yeah. So start paying dividends. Uh, it, I'm ready for this Jim Harbaugh take. Lay it on me thick.
2: Yeah, I think this will be Jim Harbaugh's final season at Michigan. He will be an NFL head coach in 2024. I think the writing's really on the wall here. I think two seasons in a row he has tried to get out of there. I think he was pretty – ticked off when they kind of restructured his contract, gave him a cut and pay after the COVID season. Mm-hmm. This year will be the third year in a row where he's a double-digit win season at Michigan, where they are a legitimate top-five team in college football. Whether he wins the title or not, I don't think he will. We'll kind of get to that later. Or whether he even wins the Big Ten title or not, I'm not sure he will. But I think three seasons in a row of double-digit wins – I think that's going to be enough to get him into the NFL. Last year, he interviewed with the Broncos. He probably gets that job, Nick, if Sean Payton just doesn't get on the horn and say, hey, I want the job. And then, the Vikings kind of slow-played him. But that was kind of weird. But I just think it's going to happen. And he's got a track record in the NFL. He's got success now in college you can't ignore. He's been knocking on the door. He's got... The best quarterback he's had in J.J. McCarthy. Uh, I don't know if that if they have an immediate secession plan after him. It's just it's lining up, and I think yeah. he ends up saying deuces. Blake Corum, and go the yeah.
0: yeah, there's a lot there. How does this sound? And, yeah,
2: because they because they he said that thing about having 20 draft picks to Bruce Feldman at Big Ten Media Days, and Feldman went around. He wrote a big piece on it on the Athletic and talked to people about it. And they were like, "Yeah, he's got like." A bunch of dudes that are going to get drafted. They have, I think, set, like I think Jim Nagy said, they have seven draft draftable linemen. Like seven guys that are going to get hard looks at being drafted. You can only play five linemen at a time. So, <laughs> like, they, they definitely have that kind of roster, and it honestly seems like maybe a perfect time for him to bounce.
0: Yeah. Well, Nagy said, yeah, it was on um, Andy Staple's show, like, hey – they, they could be Georgia, that Georgia record that seemed untouchable yeah. with five first-round draft picks. But um, how, how does this yeah, sound not necessarily, like it? Right. I, I, Go I'm going gonna, gonna to lay out the scenario here. Anthony Richardson, he, he looks great for the first month of the season, gets hurt, things spiral out of control. No Jonathan Taylor. But they're able to get some draft capital. Colts think Shane Steichen's a total loser. You know what? You're out. Yeah. It's never a bad time to come home. Jim Harbaugh. Come on back. I could see it's either not, uh, Indianapolis Colts or Cleveland Browns head coach, Jim Harbaugh. Huh? Give McDaniel out of there. I could see I could see Browns. Deshaun Watson, the they've got all there. that money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like good roster. I they could got see Browns. Good Colts, offensive line. Colts, is,
2: Colts are less Colts likely to. just because Ursay's too too crazy. Like, he's not a little crazy. He's full-on crazy. So, imagine if Erce he does anything, Harbaugh he might just bench Anthony Richardson. <laughs> yeah. He's just too crazy. Oh, man. But the Browns, that that's would... a good one you bring up. I could definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely.
0: They like, they, they would be fringe playoff team this year, but not make it. And then they're like, all right, Stefanski, you've been great, but time to move on. Bring in yeah. Harbaugh. Be a good culture fit. In the fit, same, so. same
2: division as his brother, that's the only reason it wouldn't happen. But that would be no. It that would, would be happen. epic. He they have like a love hate relationship with each other. You know, like oh, that would great. that would be that would be that would be fun because those would be Browns Ravens would be kind of must see games. <laughs> the Harbaugh Bowl.
0: <laughs> oh man, need to see it to happen, and uh, need to see this question from David too, Stephen. What we got here? Um, David Decker asked on the YouTube chat. Does anyone else feel settled that right tackle position is in competition? Are we forgetting how miserable Flax played last season? Or is this coach speak saying they're quote unquote competing? So first and foremost, please keep the YouTube chat going. We're going to be here Monday and Wednesdays at 8 p.m. during the season. Lots of stuff filtering in throughout the week too on the YouTube channel around lunchtime. So pay close attention to that. But first, as to the competing point, David, I don't think it's coach speak because the coach speak – it's it's been happening behind the scenes on them being high on Flax's improvements throughout the season, or throughout the off season, I should say. Where they feel like he's actually a pretty good option as a run blocker. It's just the the pass blocking it, I, something doesn't click for him there. It hasn't been there, and I think it's the inverse with Ford. Uh, so, but to that point, Luckett, I don't know about you, but I'm not I'm not overly concerned about. About, about this competition going into the season because not only the schedule, but it's more about I feel good about the other four spots where last year I didn't feel good really about anything up there. Where, like, I, the, the other four guys, I, I, I think they're going to be able to hold it down from Marcus Cox all the way over to Eli Cox at right guard.
2: Yeah, I agree about the other four. To me, right tackle is a little bit of a layered subject here. Jeremy Flax is a graduate. Like he could get in the portal at any time and go somewhere. Uh, so, like South Carolina just added a guy from UAB, who's gonna be who just joined the team this week. And Shane Beamer said he's probably gonna play Week One. Yeah. So, like you can <laughs> add star. players. And whether you think Flax is terrible or not, he's six foot five, six foot six, three hundred thirty pounds, and has played SEC offensive tackle. If that guy enters the portal, he's gonna have lots of options. Yeah, it just and, you're, and then that just... and then you're toast if somebody gets hurt because there's not. So I yeah so the, what I'm getting to is I think it was very important to have him like have him feel like he has a legit chance to win this job, and linger this battle out in the camp. Now, with that said, it does uh, unsettle me somewhat that Cortland Ford just hasn't grabbed the reins and fully taken over this job. Um, it was this time last year, Nick, where we found out David Wallabar was going to be the starting right tackle. So like this is typically where if you have a position, they just go ahead and say it and give it to somebody. They're not wanting to do that here. So that has me worried. I think with Ford, a lot of it is from a play strength aspect and just not getting blown back, creating firm pockets and being able to do stuff in the run game. Uh, I think it's just a pass setter in general he's pretty good but he is he strength and lower being able to anchor i think is an issue for him or at least it was when i watched him on tape uh, and so i think that's probably concerning and what is he is he just a total net negative in the run game if he is you have to think about that so yeah i think it's concerning that he hasn't taken full control of this job uh, i think some credit probably goes to flax for making some strides but i think it definitely was an issue where they intentionally probably linger this thing out because they didn't want Flax to leave. And so we'll see Um, how it shakes out. But, I mean, we're going to find out soon. Uh, Ball State has a good defensive front. It's a max school, but they are going to be challenged. And we're going to find out quickly if the offensive line has improved on some of the stuff from last year because they're going to see a bunch of stunts and they're going to see a a competent front that will do some good things. Um, And I I like Ball State's defense coordinator, Tyler Stockton. He's a young kind of rising coach who will probably be a Power 5 coordinator for too long. And they're going to get challenged week one. So we're going to find out very quickly uh, when they take the field against Ball State. I don't know if the same will be for EKU, uh, but Ball State, the strength of their team is going to be that that defensive front seven. Um, And so we're going to find out right away, and I expect both of them to play. But you get to Liam Cohen comments on Monday – they want to have eight guys that can play, but they want, don't want to play eight guys. They want to play their yeah. starting five and then have somebody that can go if something goes wrong. So they don't want to have a rotation over there, at least to me. So the fact that they haven't settled on a starter, they're just waiting and seeing. They know they got some runway here. But we're going to find out quickly um, how, what kind of shape they're in at right tackle.
0: Appreciate the question, David. You can get him more on the YouTube chat. We need to get back to our 11 bold takes here on 11 Personnel. But first, I need to show off my hat, my swag. And then, it's not a bird, it's not a dog, it's a bird dog. And it'll keep you cool even if you're sweating it out in KS office. Bird dogs, the best apparel in the business. Look at what I like too is, um, I did this last night were, came straight from Lexington in my business attire, quote unquote, um, and then just cut grass because the shorts are that comfortable. They look the part, but they feel the part where you, you can get the best of both worlds. So not only do they have the shorts, but they also got great polos. And when you use promo code KSR, you're going to get this hat for free 50. So go online right now, birddogs.com Upgrade your wardrobe this fall. Add a little versatility to your game, you know? Be, be a little bit of uh, Demi Sumo Carmbay, right? Play a little receiver. Play a little running back. Rock Bird Dogs this fall at Kroger Field and use promo code KSR when you do it. And they're going to hook you up with a free hat. Love our friends over KB at bet. Bird Dogs. Love our friends at Bird Dogs. What I do not love is Dabo Swinney. It's been really nice to have Dabo out of the picture the last couple of years because they just they haven't been nationally relevant. Um, once the DJU disaster happened. He had that opener where he was seeing ghosts against Georgia, and it really hasn't been the same. So we haven't really had to deal with Dabo the last two years. You might get him doing something really stupid on TikTok every once in a while or doing the, oh, shit, blah, 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 <laughs> uh, he, he is my least favorite person in college football. He's, he's like a, a gemstone uh, come to life in the form of college football coach. And you know what? He's going to be back on his bullshit this year, Luckett, and I'm not looking forward to it because Cade Klubnick is a good quarterback, and Dabo finally got out of his own stupid way. He still hasn't fully embraced the portal, but he he got out of just promoting his own guys. We talked about it last week in our win totals. Not all those guys were winners that he was promoting from within. As soon as they go elsewhere, they fail. Well, he went out, he got a winner from TCU, and now I can't think of the dude's name. Is the other Riley Garrett Riley Garrett Riley Garrett. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, that's going to work. That's going to work with Klubnik there. I'm still, I'm not sure if their weapons on the outside are like game changing. Uh, they can win the national title. Weapons, right? Like that, they're the Mike Williamses of the world. But um, with Shipley back there, he's dynamic enough. Uh, I, I, they've got enough there that. I think they're going to be steady. They're going to win the ACC. They're going to be the fourth playoff spot. They're probably going to lose the first round, but we're going to have to hear on game day. Well, Clemson, you got to watch out for Clemson. Clemson, Clemson, Clemson. While they just kick ass through a bullshit conference that's no good. They don't play real football. It's gonna, it's gonna drive me nuts, it okay? And I'm sorry for my language, but it's hotter than hell up here, and Dabo's making me curse.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I think Clemson's winning the ACC. I think Clemson's going to make the playoff. I think you're, you'll see them probably get beat pretty handily. I would yeah. say in the in the playoff, but they're going to make it. Uh, yeah, I like the. I think the Garrett Riley hire is just going to work. It just makes sense, yeah. man. I mean, it's what yeah. Klubnik did in Texas. They've got the pieces to run it. Um, mm-hmm. The O line is good. The receivers are going like. They've got enough recruiting ones out there at receiver where they're going to step up. They had uh, one receiver number zero, I believe it's Antoine Williams is his name, uh, Antonio Williams. Yes, had a big really guy. good true freshman. Uh, not super big, but he had he was there's a big was guy that got one. hurt, a little banged up. He's
0: like six. They had big dude.
2: Um, well, they had Bo Collins who played with with uh, DJU out in California. at – Pierce, Pierce Clark since high school. They got Anna, Adam Randall got hurt early in the year. People really like. They also had Ngata, but he he's gone. Uh, he was kind of a big guy on the outside. But it, anyway, it, it doesn't it's not super important. They've got two right. good backs with Shipley and uh Phil Moffa. and I just think they're gonna they're gonna put up points. Defense should be pretty good. They should win that league, I think. I think they'll beat Florida yep. State twice. I do think they'll make the playoff. And you're right, we'll have to hear the. Da- I mean, the Dabo stick. They'll have college game day. will probably go to Clemson when they host Florida State at the end of September, and Clemson will win that game, and that the, the hype will start then. Um, but for you me, want, it's just how how want. high can that offense get? Because I think Club Nick, Nick can be a high, legitimate high trophy contender uh, if he had like. If you pulled up Max Duggan's stats, and if, you, if that's just what happened at Clemson, but it was Kate Klubnick wearing the tiger paw on Oh yeah,
0: it, people are gonna fall for it. Now it's it, it'll so be a little bit different. We'll see really what everybody else does. But, yeah, right, we'll see right. what
2: everyone else does. But yeah, I could just you could see that. He'll be on those lists. See that happening. Yeah. It, and one of my favorite plays, Week One, it's going to be on my card. Is they're going to Duke and they're a twelve-point favorite. You know, a lot of people are high on Duke because they had this good year last year. But how much uh-huh. was it of the schedule? You know, Riley Leonard's an NFL prospect at quarterback, but I think that's going to be a message game. Clemson's going to go in there and win that probably forty-two to twenty, and it's going to yeah. be like, oh, this offense is a problem. They threw for two seventy, and ran for two forty, and that's. I think it's going to be like that all year in the ACC for them. And then a the team, total. and they get a couple of, and they get I love. They get a couple of revenge spots. Notre Dame and South Carolina they lost to last year. That's two revenge mm-hmm. by The whole Notre name, they go to South Carolina. I think they'll avenge both those losses. Like twelve and zero is a real possibility, and I think that's an exotic you could look up um, and get some plus odds on it. I think it, that that that'd be worth something. I definitely could see that hitting. It's
0: probably it's going to be better odds too than just winning the conference. So um, mm-hmm. go ahead and check that out. I, I'm going to be interested in that team total week one too. Like it, like if it's in yeah. if it's thirty five, it, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take thirty five or more. Um, another team that's getting a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks. I've just noticed it on the, in my college football following Penn State's getting a lot of buzz. Are you, are you buzzing like a B2 like it?
2: I am. I think Penn State won the big 10 for the first time since 2016 and Penn State will make the college football playoff for the first time ever.
0: So you're, you're, you're all in on the drill, R train
2: drinking some Drew Kool Aid, but it's not just that. I think you look at this roster overall. I mean, it is a really, really strong roster. The starting lineup is as good as anyone in college football. Nick Singleton's a stud tailback. Chop Robinson's one of the best pass rushers in college football. i uh, haven't yet got the pronunciation down. He's probably going to be the number one tackle off the board in the NFL draft. They've just got dudes. And Nick, we've been familiar with Drew Lar for a long time. Uh, he when he emerged, like, Kentucky was right there in in that recruitment, very involved. And then he blew up and it got what it was. Uh, but I think he's got some potential, some big time star potential. Uh, even if he's not a super duper star, I still think they can get to eleven and one. They go to Ohio State's going to be tough, but they host Michigan. I like them in every other game on their schedule. I think it could work out where they could get the tiebreakers potentially, and I think they will find they, they break through, they win that division, and they go to the playoff.
0: Yeah, and really the only response I have is just, I mean, it's it's a lot of dudes from Michigan too. I mean, and it's going to come down to who do you trust more and who's healthy. A lot of it's just like who's healthy yeah. when these games come up because like Michigan was not the same team without Blake Coram late in the year. I mean, they got by the mm-hmm. skin of their teeth um, in a couple of those games without him. So Illinois
2: like, almost got him in the big house. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, like it was, it was right there. We were, I was watching that game in the Kroger Field press box, and it was there for the taking with Illinois. But um, I, I, I think that's what I'm fascinated by too. Like it, and this is a further down the line. Like Big Ten's been so uneven for so long. Or At least the SEC, you've had uh, some guys at the top of the divisions, but like having Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, just it. it it's been tough for them, so I'm curious how it's all going to play out once you get rid of divisions. Yet yeah, throw UCLA, USC in the mix there. So, um, and I I don't like James Franklin, so I don't want to see him succeed. But it does feel like, you know, he he's in his wheelhouse and he's going to cash in at some point. After all this recruiting, yeah,
2: they've been um, knocking. They've been knocking on the door. of Their leadership program. Right. But that Michigan Penn State game, why it could be more fun than usual is because McCarthy. And Aller are two first round dudes at quarterback. Like those are guys you could project to start games in the NFL. And so if they're hitting, that could be a fun, yeah, game a lot of up fun. Uh, up there. And it's not it's going to be a big noon kickoff because they want that game at noon, so it's not going to get the whiteout treatment. So that's good if you're Michigan. Yeah. Uh, but that's gonna that's one of the more underrated I think games of the season, and I think we could, it could be a matchup where it's potentially undefeated versus undefeated. In just a huge game up there in state college.
0: One team that I want to be less rated—they're um, being too overrated. It's the stupid Volunteers at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Uh, I, I know that I've mentioned it quite a bit up to this point, but I just—you have to have a lot of faith in Josh Heupel and. <laughs> <laughs> You're having a tough time with this. <laughs> I I am. I am. And I know some of it is definitely going to be personal. but And they're going to beat the brakes off of Virginia next week. It's going to get really ugly. But Tennessee, they, they they don't just strike a crawl in Kentucky fans. You think Nick Saban took that loss ball last year? I mean, there's this schedule is not going to be kind to them. Uh, and they're going to be winning heavily. On Joe Milton, and the other part of this too is that to this point, Josh Heupel has been—he's been playing with house money at this point. He's exceeded all sort of expectations. He hasn't, he
2: hasn't had many swings and misses.
0: Exactly. So at the first sign of a crack in that foundation, this thing could crumble. Just like that, because I know I know they like Squirrel and they like Brew McCoy, but it's not Cedric Tillman. It's not Jalen Hyatt. I don't know if you all paid any attention to what Jalen Hyatt's done in the preseason. The dude's pretty damn good. Hendon Hooker did everything and then some for them. And I just want to remind you, like Scott Frost and Josh Heupel are not the same, but Josh Heupel has not been a home run everywhere he's been, okay? Do you remember what happened in the second half of that game at Missouri, Luckett, how many first downs did they get when Josh Heupel was calling plays with future NFL starter Drew Lockett quarterback? That would be zero. That would be zero. So, like, it's not like he's just God's gift to football. Ask Bob. That's why he's so pissed off at Oklahoma. Like, this guy is not infallible. So, to act like Tennessee somehow is because they've got some dude who can throw the ball 80 yards. How many times is Joe Milton going to throw the football 80 yards in a football game? Like I, so I, I know that I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, and some of this is me just trying to speak it into an existence. Like I'm Levar Ball over here, but like I, I don't think I'm crazy here. This is this is not going to be a walk in the park for the Volunteers, and I really, I really think Brad White's got something up his sleeve for him. I, I think as Michael Jordan, uh, infamous, you know, he's he's taking that personally. So I really hope. The, the Vols are going to fall flat this season, and some of it's at Kentucky's expense.
2: Yeah, a couple things here. Number one, I do think you just got to give – you have to give Hypo a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here right now because people really haven't figured out his offense. The one person that, or one team to do it has been Georgia, but that's only because – their defensive line like that's only because they're able to out talent them specifically and play man coverage on the outside and stop the run and so like you mentioned the loss of receiver it it's not going to really like those receivers are just going to put up numbers It's you kind of have to look at it like mike leach quarterbacks where man they had a receiver 60 catches 1400 yards 11 touchdowns wow this guy must be really good well or he's just wide open all the time because of the scheme they're just running vertical choice routes and where he's either bending it inside or running it to the sideline deep and based off the coverage. And so uh, you kind of have to remember that, you know, there was uh, like Hyatt won the Balitnikov, but he wasn't the best receiver in college football like this year. I mean, everybody I think knows it was Marvin Harrison Jr., but you, could, you couldn't deny the numbers uh, because they were just so ridiculous. The thing with Tennessee, and I've always talked about it, is, We have a long track record of Heupel running this scheme, and we've got it. He's done it with good quarterbacks: Drew Locke, Dylan Gabriel, Joe Milton, and Hinton Hooker. No, and then if you even go back to the Baylor offenses with Art Briles, no one ran it like like Hooker. When you look at the completion percentage and his depth, average depth of target, he was averaging over 10, 11 yards to throw. So that means he was throwing it deep a lot and his completion percentage was high 60s into the 70s a lot of last year. If he's doing that, there's just not much you can do. Now, I don't think that's sustainable. Well, yeah, I think you're going to see a big drop because at UCF, Gabriel was in the high 50s. At Missouri, Locke was in the high 50s. And I think Milton's probably going to be in the mid to high 50s. So what does that look like when there's a lot more incompletions in a stretched out SEC season? That's the question to me. But you do have to give them a benefit of the doubt, and they're a team. You just have to know going in, you've got to go score 35 points to win this game. You're not going and beating them 24-20. to 20. So you have to know that. They're going to be one of the best offenses, scoring offenses in the country. But I don't think they're going to be infallible. But I want to see them without Hooker. What does it look like with Milton? What does it look like with this um, the volleyball player? And so that's how I really want to judge it is on this year. I think this is going to be a big year for what, at least my my kind of thoughts on Hypo, but I do think he's earned some benefit of the doubt, and they're going to go score points. But ha- are they going to be like 50 points a game points, or is it going to be down 37-36 where they're going to have games where there may be a disappointing 27 points, and then you can go and beat them because they do leave their defense hanging out to dry. And That's, that's not – I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, they are susceptible – to get beat and to get boat race potentially, like we saw against South Carolina, because of their style of play, if the offense isn't cooking, and I think that could happen maybe a little bit more often, but we have to see it. And I mean, if Hooker goes out here and it's completing sixty-seven percent of his passes, there's not much there's not much you can do. Hypo is the, he would be kind of the king of college football, but we'll see if the, the, the game finds a way to humble people usually, and we'll see yep. if that happens.
0: Uh, it's not going to completely show itself at Florida, but when the roadrunners of UTSA come to town, it's going to be a little bit of scare. And then going to be meet, meet, meet. A&M at home at Alabama, Kentucky, they They're winning any of them. Losers. Get them out of here. You mentioned def- big defensive lines. They can put pressure on a rebuilding offensive line. They lost a lot up there, including Darnell Wright. On the best offensive tackles of football, future first-round draft pick. I think I know a guy or two on that Kentucky defensive line that can cause some problems. We'll get to more of that later. But, look, at first, let's go down to Houston where Dana Holgerson's hair is flying in the wind.
2: I want to kind of run through Holgerson's tenure at Houston, and then we can kind of explain why. Nick, back in 2019, he inherited a team that had Greg Ward – I um, mean, a few Ed Ed Oliver, and some other NFL players, Tom Herman. They left to Texas. Like I don't know if you remember, they did like the like college football tanking. Yeah, they played four games. They lost a few few games. A bunch of guys redshirted and left. So they totally tanked. One of
0: them, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. Derek yeah. King was a quarterback, not Greg Ward at quarterback. Derek King is what I meant. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and so that happens into the, the COVID year. COVID year happens. He bounces back in 2021. And has a great season. They want. They lose the first game. Want, rip off 11 in a row. Play Cincinnati for the American title. Um, the Cincinnati playoff team. Then go and beat Auburn in a bowl game. Great year for Houston. Getting to the Big 12. A lot of momentum. They go eight and five last year. Disappointing eight and five. Um, Clayton Toon and um, Tank yeah, Dell were yeah. on that offense. They're gonna be. They're gonna be on NFL rosters here in a couple weeks. And then you look, they lost a lot in the portal. Alton McCaskill was a young tailback that was really, a lot of people liked. He went to Colorado with Deion. Cameron Johnson was an all conference guard. He's at Missouri. Um, And there's a few others sprinkled in there. And so you add all that together, they're going to the Big 12. Like, I, I just don't think things are going well here. Now, they gave him an extension after the 2021 season. I believe they. The buyout is projected right around like 15, 16, 17 million. But they have Tillman Tita, who's worth billions and who, who will pay it if it gets bad enough. And I think it could get bad enough. I mean, you look at the start, they could lose week, like UTSA you just mentioned, they get dumb at home week one. They could lose that one. Uh, TCU at home week three, they could lose that. And then they go to Texas Tech week five, that could be a loss. And they come off the buy and they host West Virginia. On a Thursday night in October, I believe October 12th. And it would be sweet justice for West Virginia because Dana Hogerson used to be the head coach there. If Neil Brown and them go in there, knock off Houston on the road, and then they fire Hogerson the next day. I, I mean, I could just see it happening. Like this screens kind of a four and eight season, and I don't know if he survives a third losing season in five years at Houston. Um, they well, had the 112 and two year, but it's, it's going to be different here in the Big 12, and this is a job could get a lot of high quality candidates because the Big 12 is on safer footing now it's on ESPN Houston is kind of a recruiting middle sleeper. To Texas, to Texas. We're, we're, yeah. we're seeing all right we're seeing what UCF is doing with some momentum and some like stability with Gus they could go and get their kind of Gus spells on and raise their recruiting ceiling and then go and make some noise in the Big 12 and so i don't think Houston is going to be fine cool with just 3 losing seasons in five years. Holgerson's recruiting has been pretty bad there. Now, he's he's getting out in front of all this and saying, it's going to be really hard. We're going to take bumps. we got to commit financially, yada, yada, yada. But I, I don't know if that's going to end up saving him. I can just see them wanting to move on um, because it, who, the results really just haven't been there.
0: So, who goes first, hammer his West Virginia predecessor? Touchdown, well, Neil Brown.
2: In this in this theory, I think West, Neil outlast him. The problem with Brown at West Virginia, like I think he could go six and six and still get fired. Yeah, he can make a bowl game. They got a new AD there. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at their recruiting class, Nick, which a lot of times can give you your answer of what's going to happen. Their yeah, recruiting class is really bad. They don't have a player ranked inside the top six hundred, and they've got like twenty two commits. That's uh. very, very. That's very, very bad for any Power Five program, no matter what conference you are in. That's sub fifty recruiting. And that's not that West Virginia should not be around it. They should be kind of a top thirty five recruiting operation. So that's that's not that's no bueno. That's not good. Yeah. They've got eleven power conference games. I mean, he's really in no man's land. But he's even back to Troy and even at West Virginia, they've been a kind of a stingy dog. They've been able to pull out some Wins on in the road when you didn't think they they would. They were able to beat Oklahoma at home last year when you thought he was kind of dead to rights. And so we'll see. But I I do think just you know college football and that's how you build kind of rivalries or memorable moments like in these conferences. Houston hired Holgerson, West Virginia's coach, and now you have a chance to they could have a chance to send him send him home. <laughs> and so I oh, could definitely see great. that playing out. But I really don't I don't I just don't think. They're, they're going to be cool because this was the school that fired Major Applewhite for having two winning seasons in a row. I, I don't think they're going to be cool with having a third losing season in five years. And this job has some real value. Like, they're just gonna, mm-hmm. they'll have legitimate candidates that will want this job. And I, I could see them definitely wanting to move on. Dan Mullen, Houston head coach. Make it happen.
0: Oh, that could be interesting. Um, but not as exciting as – the thrill of trying to get tickets at the last minute you're not sure if you can you always can with the game time app it's the best way to purchase last minute tickets to whatever event is out there Uh, i i got our room for georgia like it Uh, i have a feeling that ticket will be very pricey down there in athens but you're always going to be able to find one with the game time app and the best part is it can happen so fast so efficiently two clicks bada boom bada bam they're right there on your phone. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the world, the universe, the entire universe because it's so convenient, it's so easy to use. You can see where your seats are going to be, and they've got tickets to all your events, not just your college football games. But they got a big race at Saratoga this weekend, Trevor Sticks. If you're up in upstate New York, bada boom, bada bam, get in there. Uh, preseason NFL football, whatever it may be, game time has you covered. Go to game time. .co, .co, or download the GameTime app, put in promo code KSR, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. $20 off. It's a deal that's too good to be true. Download the GameTime app today, promo code KSR, $20 off your first purchase. Uh, Luck it. Any
2: restaurant wrecks, Commerce, Georgia.
0: Yeah, Me and yeah. Nick are all ears. Yeah, we got a Chick-fil-A within walking distance, so... <laughs> Uh, just just can't go on Sundays. But Commerce, Georgia, instead of old Athens. Uh, yeah, a lot of people got to do Commerce thing. Yeah. You, you giving up uh, Athens now? Cat La, La, Lathans. Cat Kat City. Get- <laughs> um I got some Kentucky takes, though. Here's uh, – we, we, I think this team, it, they haven't been great at actually c- creating turnovers, creating havoc plays. I mean, even though they're replacing two cornerbacks, I think this team both take most interceptions of the Mark Stoops era. The leader, can you name the team that was the leader in interceptions like it?
2: 2020.
0: COVID year, in in only 11 games, they had 16 interceptions, which is crazy. But a lot of those were courtesy of Jared Garantano. Uh, just throwing the ball directly into the numbers of the Kentucky defenders. But the way that they're going to be able to confuse teams with personnel packages, guys like Alex Afari that can play a Sam linebacker but also drop back into coverage yeah, with experienced safeties at multiple positions. And and also I thought guy like Dear Jackson, he's not an athlete in space, but the dude's got a nose for the ball out there. He gets hands on passes. Uh, Trevin Wallace is a great athlete. I think this team's going to have a ton of interceptions. Maxwell Harrison, he had a ton this spring. I think he's sneaky sticky. And the way that Devin Leary has forced this team and this secondary to take up their game a notch, I, I think we're going to see a lot of interceptions this fall, look like it.
2: Yeah, they're due, I would say. They're due for a plus 12 turnover margin. Mm-hmm. You get that with – one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. That combo that could lead to some really good things, yeah. potentially. So we'll, we'll see. They ball production has just been a thing for me, like making yeah. the plays when they're there, like when the ball's there. Go catch, do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go make make <laughs> the play, make the right, make the plays. We,
0: we did the list list of cups episode where they mentioned Madden. How many times have you heard Kirk or who was it that would make the same? That's why he's not a receiver. Uh, yeah. Was it uh Pat Summerall? Was it, but I, I don't remember if it was that or if it was actually because didn't they have Corso in the booth for those early college football games with Herb Street? Or yeah, I, I think
2: it was. Yeah, I think that's what you're thinking of. That's yeah, Herb Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that was cool. They had it was Nestler. Was it Brad Nestler, Nestler with and, them? And, yeah, Nestler was, was Restler, the, the playoff play, uh, yeah. Corso. Yeah. I'm wondering what they'll do for the new game. Like, who will be the announcers?
0: I mean, they gotta get Herbie and Fowler. of a thing. I would assume I mean, so, yeah. If it's Joe Klatt and Gus Johnson, I'm gonna lose my damn <laughs> mind. I cannot hear Joe Klatt, just Big Tim, like that's all he that comes out of his mouth. That dude cannot say one critical thing. And I know people love Gus. Gus is not a college football announcer. He's just not. Like I, that you you stop trying to make fetch happen. Go back to March Madness, Gus, where you belong.
2: Wow, and I did not ha- have uh, Roush going at Gus Johnson. On I have, my I, I have very card strong,
0: today. a very strong uh, announcer takes, and it, it's it's. So I, you're
2: not happy with the fo- the number one Fox crew? No, and the, the all
0: American girl Janie Dell. It's like he's freaking John Ross scene up there. Give it a freaking break.
2: Get out of here! Did, did we talk about the announcing teams? On here,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, we s- somewhere over the rainbow. We have, I don't, maybe on the board. We have talked about it at <laughs> so, some point.
2: Somewhere, somewhere on the YouTube, the you YouTube space.
0: I'm running out of gas, Lockett. We're we're just we're just firing takes off now. You want some bold takes?
2: Pew pew pew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like Fox is in bed with the SB, or Fox is in bed with the Big Ten. They're going to get some pro Big Ten calls. I mean, God bless some Peter Burns, he'll just, like, he doesn't think any other conference exists. So, I mean, oh, yeah. it is what it oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah. The sure works get, another foot, yeah. I'm sure we're going to get some pro uh, ESP, SEC, ESPN calls here pretty soon. Uh-huh. And I am interested about that, Nick, because we saw it a little last year because Herb Street called a fair amount of SEC games, and he typically did not do that in past Kentucky, Tennessee – he mm-hmm. called South Carolina, Tennessee. Uh, there were a couple others he called on, like, the ESPN main time game. They just put someone else on ABC, and he went and did SEC. So I'll be game. interested to see if that happens this year, if he just calls a lot, a lot, a lot more of those SEC on ESPN in games.
1: The
0: I, I actually like the Tim Brando calling the random late-night FS1 game. The Big Twelve. I didn't see him
2: on their uh, their their announcer list, so I don't know if he's doing that for the. He's he's
0: he's been a big take guy on Twitter lately, so I'm I'm worried he's just like Benetti and Hewitt
2: is a Benetti and Hewitt's is a good
0: team on Fox. Yeah, they're very good. Well, and my my just big thing is I want to. I like when I can learn something from the people who are calling the game, and Joe Clatt doesn't make me feel smarter about college football. It's just like how – this guy is so great. Like, I, you, opening week, they're going to – it's not going to be – it's on CBS. But, like, I mean, imagine them trying to sell me on Indiana, somebody from Indiana, because you know they would, right? Forget who their Big Ten noon game is. It's a good one, too. Um,
2: Their first game is Colorado TCU. That's Big Noon Saturday week one. That's what we'll have on the iPad in the press box, at least for the first quarter. Then we'll see. Ohio State,
0: start. Indiana. I, I, I'm i looking forward to the Internet bullying CBS to Bolivia for having Ohio State, Indiana to open up their Big Ten coverage. Uh, love seeing the Internet just universally pan the Florida Netflix doc. I just like I don't need them. I don't need anything like here's how great Florida was. Like, oh, more Urban mire. And you know what it is? I think it's part of just like. Urban Meyer is the worst human on television like just like I I just can't I can't I I, I just don't like hearing Urban Meyer on TV because he just he's so disingenuous so like the fact that Netflix is just like here we go we're going to talk about how great you were at Florida like no I want I want to know the bad things like I, I want I want to hear the bad stuff that wasn't there instead it was just talking about how great it was so I don't have much free time. I'm going to be watching week zero this week, so I'm not going to be watching Swamp Dogs or whatever the hell that stupid show is. I don't Swamp need more Tim. I don't need Tim Tebow, and I don't need Urban Meyer on my screen. But what I do need is your Dion Walker take, Adam Luckett. we got to get the train back on the tracks. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you, you – you probably haven't gotten the chance, but, like, the effusive praise from Brad White tonight about Dion Walker, uh, his words were he's like a light. When he's on, it lights the whole room up. Uh, so, Dion Walker, the expectations are high if he's bringing it on a consistent basis. Anwar Stewart said he's being a gnat in order to make sure that Dion is always on his A game. So, lucky. let's hear your Dion Walker take if this gnat is drawn to a light.
2: Nick, I have to say, the chat is wondering if you're okay. You just seem like you're full of, filled with rage tonight.
0: I'm just unhinged. Just there's, there's, you, These 8 o'clock are you having shows. Heat, heat,
2: <laughs> heat aggression up there in the office? What's going on? Man,
0: we, we, the heat forced us to move the kickoff back to 8 p.m. like all the high school games. <laughs> so, we're, we're getting a little fast and loose. We're going to have to go back and check the tape and reevaluate. But as I'm – like, we're moving to 8. It's going to be a little bit different. And right now, I'm, I'm doing radio at 8 a.m. and shows at 8 p.m. So, uh, things are going to get a little bit crazy here on the YouTube chat uh, here, 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 here to start off this football season.
2: Chaka Cummings, bruh, he about to lose the rest of his hair. La- crying laughing emoji. We have Nick Grouch today, Matt G. Nick Grouch,
0: I like that. That's good. Uh,
2: um. Nick Grouch today from JMB's. <laughs> Man, they, you just firing people up today. Uh, fired up, D. Walker. I think he can be an All American this year. There's no doubt, no doubt about it. What he did last year was pretty special as a true freshman. Played multiple positions. I believe he led the team or was second in the team in pressures. He was the best pass rusher. He was a force against the run, and he did it. Throughout the season, like what what really stood out to me, where I was like, "Dion Walker, man, he might be really like special." Was not necessarily that big play at Florida. It was mm-hmm. when they went and played Ole Miss and that tempo team, and he played like fifty something snaps and played well through all four quarters. Like I was like, "This dude can go a little bit." Yeah. And yeah. and so I think he can just have, he's just gonna have a special season. Um, there. They're moving him around. That's going to be a big thing. He can—he's a two-way player. He's going to impact the run. He can influence pockets. He can get after the quarterback. And he's a guy like when you talk about the who can wreck Tennessee game plans. It's players like Dion Walker. And so I think he, he a huge, huge season is coming for him. And when we make the next draft trip, Nick, KSR draft trip, it's probably going to be following Dion. I just – I
0: love the chat right now, not to distract from Dion Walker take, but steam is coming out of somewhere. It's definitely not his ears. Um, that's one thing. Uh, if, you, if, if I look at a certain angle, I do not have ears sticking out. Um, ooh, heck yeah, Roush. Uh, John says 25% of this podcast is grouch complaining about things. I like grouch. Uh, Nicholas the Grouch coming out to, to play. But here's one thing I will get fired up about. To piggyback off your Dion Walker take, I mentioned it earlier in the summer, but I'm very high on Jamarius Dinkins and Quill Saunders. I think they're going to be the guys that third downs going to happen, everybody's going to be watching number 0, and then there's going to be a sack, and then you're looking down at your program to figure out who's 95, who's 92, and it's Dinkins, the Spider, and Quill Saunders. Uh, Dinkins he's, he's got I mean, he's what like 6 foot 5 260 pounds playing nose so he, he's really big he's really long he's got a lot of juice in the pass rush he could create some havoc so you can have a scenario where you have dinkins and walker and saunders you can kind of just mess with them where pre-snap the offensive line doesn't know where Dion's going to line up and that's going to create some confusion up there, and then those other guys take advantage. Or they slide everybody. Everybody starts paying attention to them. Uh, Anwar Stewart called Khalil Saunders his X factor on this defensive line. I've just, I'm just i really high on those guys. And if you if there's some players out there where you're like, I feel like we know everybody, these are some guys further down on the roster that I think are going to make a serious, serious impact on the pass rush this fall.
2: I think there's some strength in numbers with that defensive line. They've got a lot of guys who've played football and played in big moments and some high leverage situations. A lot of good quality depth there. They're going to have a nice rotation. And you're right. Dion Walker can create opportunities um, for everyone else. It's like when you got a basketball guy who's really good off the bounce, can get into the paint, draw, and suck in defenses, and then you're going to get open shooters are going to have wide open looks. I think this is going to happen a lot for defense alignment around Walker. They're going to have winnable situations and they got to capitalize. And Right. It's been a while since we've seen a defense just kind of swarm and make a bunch of sacks. I mean, all the way back to 2019 uh, really was the last time we really saw that. And they're due um, because it's got to be more than one. Like DL Walker is going to wreak havoc, but we saw Josh Paschal wreak a bunch of havoc well, it was like top five, I believe, in the SEC in pressures in 2021, but the sacks didn't follow because no one else was um, really helping him out a lot of the year. They need they need some more consistency around him. They've got a veteran room, an experience room, a capable room with a lot of quality players. And the pass, it needs to come. This needs to be the year. So um, I definitely believe it could come, but we got to see it.
0: The, the other player that um, you're going to hear a lot from is – one Anthony Brown at wide receiver. True freshman. He's really the only freshman that I think is going to be a part of the rotation this fall after you had such a big year from a lot of guys out there. Uh, but Brown, he's going to be a player for the Cats. Uh, there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But here's the thing. Normally, we spend about the last 15 minutes of the pod talking about our picks for the upcoming week. We're just going to break off that part of the show. That's just going to be Friday. So Friday at lunchtime, Throughout the year, you're going to get some 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 picks, a weekend preview. I don't know, pigskin preview. What are we going to call it? Something like the along those lines. And if you're a member of KSR Plus, uh, we're also going to have our own pick'em league um, with some nice prizes. I think from our friends at Bird Dog. Some more details are going to be announced on that later this week on KS Board. So keep in lock for that. Uh, but we're not doing that now. Week zero is here. Look we'll it, we get to make real bets. We're going to make get to make real bets. And people forget that Rich Rod is a FBS football coach once again. Jacksonville State was pretty good for him in his first year back as a head coach after that weird ending in Arizona, a very awkward finish too with his kid in hand. But uh, they're dogs. Dogs are howling. The bird dogs are howling. Give me Jacksonville State plus one in the opener uh, against UTEP.
2: Yeah, I I don't hate that. I, I looked at that. Uh, Rich Rod, Rich Rod to West Virginia potentially. If Jacksonville well, State nostalgia. gets to 7-2, 8-2, and, two, eight and two, there's going to be, I would say, um, I'm sure Louisville's got the Bring Brom home guy. I'm sure there's the Bring Rich Rod home guy yeah. in West Virginia somewhere.
0: Shiano at Rutgers. And, and here's the other thing too, lookit. Godfrey's already dropping that around, so you know it's there's something to it. Um, yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, I definitely think that's going to get ramped up there. Yeah, uh, For me, I'm starting with a big one. It's Notre Dame, Navy, start the day off over in Ireland. Notre Dame, if you've forgotten, they Sam Hartman's their quarterback. The guy at Wake Forest who threw for a gazillion yards, was one of the better college football quarterbacks the last two years. It's going to be a scheme change at Notre Dame. But this is a matchup where Notre Dame's familiar with Navy, so the option is not really going to catch them by surprise. Navy, Farrakhan, Niamatololo, but they're keeping the option. And Brian Newberry's going to be the new head coach. But Hartman's first game, Jerry Parker, former Kentucky receiver, his first game at offensive coordinator. I think they're going to come out fast and hit Navy early. I like Notre Dame first corner, minus six and a half. Get that opening script touchdown. Get a couple stops, maybe even get in position for a second score. Uh, I could definitely see them getting out to a 10, 14 nothing lead here early, and so I like no- Notre Dame. I don't want to lay the full number for the game, but I do like first quarter minus six and a half.
0: Um, I didn't know too the full story behind Week Zero. Like, I mean, I remember the first big Week Zero, Florida Miami. Yeah, Miami's I believe it's
2: Godfrey also reported that. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, Washington like Post. part
0: of it was the, the waivers to go across these. But I knew some of it had to do with Hawaii. Like Hawaii can get the extra mm-hmm. one because, like, their travel schedule is just tough. So, Hawaii at Vandy's happening week one. I didn't realize that any team that plays Hawaii at all can play week zero. So, that's where we get a lot of these matchups. Um, it was really interesting yeah. stuff by Godfrey. He had it in the Washington Post. I believe that was a free article. Uh, the other thing was, like, and- FCS teams that want some exposure. Uh, mm-hmm. They can get in an as well.
2: And, I mean, essentially a money thing. ESPN, for the 150th year in 2019, mm-hmm. they asked Miami and Florida to move up. So that happened. And then they created this Ireland game. So if you're going to Ireland, they say the benefit of going to Ireland is you, you get an extra buy. Mm-hmm. Nebraska, Illinois was supposed to be the first one in 2021, but COVID. So they right. let them play that game at home. And then last year was Nebraska and Northwestern. This year's Notre Dame and Navy. And next year it's, I think, another Big Ten team. Two Big Ten teams are going over there. Um, so you so you get that. And then there was talk or buzz that they tried to get Colorado and Arizona State to move up this T- year.
0: Colorado-TCU, yeah, which would have been awesome. No, th- Imagine was, that this it week. Was,
2: it was Colorado-Arizona State because I think it was going to be an ESPN game. Uh okay, yeah. But the both the schools turned it down, which is unfortunate because that's all this weekend needed.
0: Yeah, needed if, a bigger game. If
2: Colorado was going to Arizona State, people wouldn't be complaining because you would get Notre Dame, a big brand, and then at night you would have two Power Five games, and it would get and it was Dion. So everybody yeah. in the college, any type of college football space, would have been glued to the couch to watch that game. So disappointing that we didn't get that, but, but we still get some football, and I'm going to watch yeah. the heck out of it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to lay the six and a half with Jerry Kill in that ESPN primetime. New Mexico State in primetime, minus six and a half. Let's ride. Let's ride. Where's that
2: game? Is that game at UMass or in, in Las Cruces?
0: At Las Cruces. Which, Las Cruces, do you remember the story about the tree that was growing from the stands? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was something. That Jerry Kill, never would have thought, but he he's got, might get a little something going there. How hot is it Dude. going to be there?
2: How many times do we see his tattoo during the broadcast?
1: Three.
2: I mean, it's going to be a yeah. lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What yeah. else can yeah. they he talk got, about?
0: He got a – well, I forget what the bowl game was too. It was a very hilariously named bowl game. It was game the too. what? The
2: Motor City Bowl, What? Uh, Little Caesars or whatever, the ones called up <laughs> in Detroit now. <laughs> oh,
0: it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Uh, you got any other final plays before we get out of here?
2: Yeah, I got, I got two more here. Ohio plus two and a half at San Diego State. I believe this is a three thirty game on CBS Sports Network. Curtis Rourke is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the country. Uh, he's got a chance to be the best quarterback in the group of five. Ohio was really good last year. I like them again. San Diego State is kind of going the wrong direction on the Brady Hoke. I like getting points with the Bobcats there. Uh, I think they're going to win outright. And then the third one is Vanderbilt, Hawaii. I'm going with the team total. Vanderbilt. Team total is 36 and a half. I'm going over for the Commodores. If, again, practice, false practice reports down in Nashville. was excited about A.J. Swan. Really excited about these receivers. Will Shepard, they think, could be one of the better receivers in the SEC. Offensive line is improved. They don't know about tailback, but they are gonna they think they're going to be able to throw the football around the yard. Um, defense is a worry, but they played a wide last year, Nick. Dropped 63 points on them. Um, in all their G five games, they scored over thirty six and a half points last year, um, and I think the offense is going to be improved this year. So I think Swan's going to have a big day. I think they, I think they get to forty fairly easily um, on on Saturday night, and that's another game. I think it's going to be ninety nine at kickoff down there in Nashville. So that's going to be a scorcher. Uh, but I think Vandy's passing game has a big day, and they they put some points up on the board, and what should be an easy win for them. So give me the over Vanderbilt thirty six and a half, along with Ohio plus two-and-a-half in Notre Dame first quarter, minus six-and-a-half.
0: There you have it, folks. Um, I'm going to put together a parlay for every game, too, because, like, what's the point of having only eight football games if you can't put together eight teamers? So, we'll share our picks on KS Board. Enjoy the opening week of college football. It's not great, but it's college football, baby. And next week we'll be back getting you ready for Kentucky versus Ball State. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Rouse. This has been 11 Personnel, presented by Monticello Bank. Go Cats and go Kroger. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed... It's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel, that's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com
1: on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.